Adam Meister, a.k.a. the Bitcoin Meister, a.k.a. the Disrupt Meister, is a longtime Bitcoiner and content creator that knows that Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Adam believes that personal responsibility is the new counterculture, that fitting in is overrated. Adam Meister has strong hands and knows all about the deferral of gratification and how BTC bears the fruits of our frugality. Adam was on episode 68, Algorithm Slaves, Fascism, and Escaping to the Bitcoin Overlay. Pound that like button. Adam Meister, a.k.a. the Bitcoin Meister, a.k.a. the Disrupt Meister. Welcome back to the Bitcoin Matrix Podcast. How are you? Well, Cedric, that was an awesome introduction, man. It had all my catchphrases in it. Pound that like button. Indeed, baby. I'm excited to be here, man. I'm a, I, I love being on other people's shows. It's so much easier to do in your own show. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I know about the grind, man. Uh, talking about the grind, what have you been up to for the last year or so? Man, well, I haven't been making that those many shows, that many shows. I've just been traveling around from one Airbnb to another. I bought a car, cheapest new car possible, a Nissan Versa back in November when there were very few left and just been going to small town seeing what this United States is all about. Bowling Green, Kentucky. I was there when they had a freaking tornado. I was in West Virginia. I've been Midland, Texas, Farmington, New Mexico, Salt Lake City. I'm going to, I've been to these smaller places and I've got tips for people. I know where you should be. I've seen the freedom. I've seen the panic. I've seen the sadness. I've seen a lot of happiness. So I'm seeing the real world. I'm touching grass and baby, I recommend it. Well, the entire uh, two years I've been traveling around, obviously, but I really took it to another another le level here with this uh, nonstop road trip. And uh, the Versa is a great car. No one would ever know that I'm a Bitcoin guy when I'm driving the freaking uh, 2021 Versa. <laughs> and I like it that way. Yeah. And uh, when you're not in the car and you're in uh, hanging out at the local Airbnb, what uh, are you still running outside? Oh, baby, 15 miles a week at least. And my two sprint days where I do my uh, interval training, where I do 15 sprints as hard as possible, <laughs> basically with 30 seconds in between each one. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still, uh, I become a vegan also. And some people might be disappointed. Um, but yeah, fitting in is overrated. Uh, some people say that, but you're a Bitcoiner, you must be a meat guy. Nah, I don't care. I'm a unique beast. <laughs> Coin beast, unique beast. Oh, and I've also been hosting, uh, Bitcoin Day is, is a group. Uh, they put on some smaller events in some uh, second tier cities, third tier cities, you know, like Charlotte, no offense to Charlotte or Oklahoma City. Uh, and I, I've been the MC at these events, just just meeting real people uh, and, and just trying to, you know, th those are hardcore Bitcoin events. They, they only talk about Bitcoin there. And, you know, I, li I like spreading the Bitcoin word. So, you know, when, when people come up with some, some creative ideas for me, I'll do it. I'll do the shows uh, every time I raise a hundred bucks. Uh, through whatever means possible, I'll do a show. And, and uh, people have been very generous that way. And of course, I was at the uh, the Miami, uh, the Bitcoin conference, uh, uh, Bitcoin 2021. And up up until then, I was doing a show every week to promote that because uh, I had a, had a package deal with them. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was fun to be in Miami. I, I spent a month in Miami, which is, is a great city to be in. And the cost of living is going up there. Uh, because lots of people are moving there. Uh, and, but uh, the, the event was very good. 
much more, uh, Bitcoin 2022 was this year, excuse me, uh, was much more professionally put on than Bitcoin 2021. I think everyone will agree. So yeah, I mean, I've been, I went to Tone Vase's event in Las Vegas. That was, that was barrels of fun too, of course. So uh, yeah, it's uh, always, always an adventure. And that's what I love about life. I don't know what's going to be exactly next. I, I mean, I know where I'm going next. I'm actually going to go to Fairbanks, Alaska. Um, I'm not driving there, but uh, yeah, it's, it's one big adventure in the Bitcoin overlay. And uh, yeah, fitting in is, I, I haven't uh, given in to anything, became a vegan back uh, February 1st, haven't had a, a bit of animals since then. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yep. When you're up in a place like Alaska, uh, do you get in touch or uh, meet with other local Bitcoiners or go to a Bitcoin event? Is everywhere you're going Bitcoin driven or sometimes you just wander and see uh, other things and do yeah, other things? None of it's true. The only time it's Bitcoin driven was when, uh, you know, uh, Bitcoin Day was flying me out to places and stuff. Mm. I, I wanted to see, I am curious about these cities. I am cur curious about Fairbanks, Alaska. I was very curious about Farmington, New Mexico. Um, just, uh, you know, you, you see where the, why are the houses cheap here? What, what's, what's going on? Uh, but people, um, you know, to the point that people actually have listening comprehension uh, to my show, you know, most people like to look at my hair and stuff when they're watching my show. You know, they don't learn a thing. They're like, have you been vaccinated? So, I mean, people still ask me, have you been vaccinated? I mean, you, you can't. You, you don't know who I am, dude. I mean, you, you ask a question like that. Come on. Uh, <laughs> have I been vaccinated? <laughs> I mean, have I converted to Christianity is like a similar question. I mean, are you crazy? <laughs> um, no, 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 no. So I, 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 I forgot what I was, what was I darn saying there? Uh, <laughs> Going across the country. Uh, Seeing life and uh, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not fitting in. Uh, yeah, de de definitely, definitely continuing to do, do my own thing. And I go where I, I'm personally interested in. I go, you know, what, what do I want to see? What, what's, what's out there and stuff? But oh, no, no, no. What I say, hanging out with people, you ask, do I hang out with Bitcoiners in these cities? Well, to the extent that they pay attention to where I'm going, some people have contacted me and like, oh, you're going to be here. I, I want to meet you. So yeah, but I don't, you know, Bitcoin Day, I went to those things because they were having those events. But I don't, and in Miami, I, you know, I went there because they were having that event. But I don't, I don't go specifically. Uh, I mean, someone said, we're going to have a meetup. You're going to be the guest of honor. Yeah, I'll, I'll come and, and, and go, yeah, whatever. But no, I don't seek out Bitcoin people anymore in these cities. Uh, during my travels in the old days, I, I did a little bit more. I, I did. I really don't. I, what I do want to say, and I've said a couple of times on my show, um, in Miami in 2021, I was running and I was recognized on the street by a random person as the Bitcoin Meister. And just now in Boise, uh, last, well, it was in June in Boise, I was in front of the Albertsons and, and a guy came up to me. He's like, Adam, Bitcoin Meister. So, I mean, that's, that's a good sign when you just, just at a random, in a random city, random time, random place, and people recognize you. I mean, when I go to events, I'm very, very recognized, but I'm just talking like in front of the freaking Albertsons in Boise, getting recognized as a Bitcoin Meister. It's a, it's a good, it's flattering. It's very flattering. I think it's good. I think it's bullish for Bitcoin. I think it's good. Yeah. I think everything's bullish for Bitcoin. Uh, I'm kind of wondering over the last year or so with all your travels, I've traveled a lot over the last year and, uh, I wonder what you, what you've been seeing in America, small town, big city, whatever it is. And, and the two issues I'll throw out there are, and we've talked about this a little bit before about the cowboy spirit of America. Um, but right now, very big part of, uh, sort of the national conversation is debt forgiveness. 
It's a bailout, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. how do you see what's going on in America right now? What do you, what do you, when you talk to people, what, what are you gleaming? Well, there's the luxury beliefs out there. Some people are, mm. we, we live in a society where people complain about everything, but it's the greatest, uh, uh, most, most luxurious, luxurious, comfortable society of all time. It's the greatest time to be alive. But people uh, love the catastrophes. That is an addiction. Mm. Uh, and this is, this is generated online. Uh, everything is the worst ever, the worst president ever, the worst climate ever, the worst this ever. There's no perspective anymore. And people, dis in order to gain online clout, uh, you know, it's valuable to people. People like online clout. So they display their luxury beliefs, things that, that even hurt them, they'll, they'll, they'll talk about and uh, promote. Like, yeah, you know, if my child wants to do this to themselves, cut something off, it'll, it'll be all right. Yeah. And they might never really mean it, but they'll support that cause, you know, that, that a, an 11 year old is smart enough to decide what to cut off and, and uh, to, to do hor horrifying things. Um, you don't, what you don't, when you talk to people one on one in most of the country, stuff like that doesn't come up, but you mm. see luxury beliefs displayed in signage on yards in cities which had very few minorities. Um, they, they, Salt Lake City is a beautiful town. I love it. Uh, people make generalizations about it, are scared. Oh, there are Mormons there. Oh, it must be, it must be scared. It must be very conservative. No, I, I don't, uh, I don't see any, any, when I was in Salt Lake City, you don't see any Mormon tra traces of, you see a few Mormon uh, temple, churches. If you want to go to the touristy, sure. But what you do see, what you do see is beautifully, beautiful yards. Um, and many of the people at the University of Utah is based there. So it's, it's a college town too. So you're going to have that attitude, that woke attitude. But man, do they have more Black Lives Matter signs than anywhere, uh, any other big city I, I've been in, or major city, okay? And at the same time, uh, usually when I'm in, uh, in there for a month, I average seeing 25 Black people in the street. Now, so and what? So the woke attitudes, all these signs, you know, Black Lives Matter, Black Trans Lives Matter. Um, you know, it, it's it's very easy to display this stuff. Um, you know, in these very comfortable towns, it's it's a luxury belief, and they are willing to, you know, they they love victims. There is just a, a, a group of Americans out there that are guilty and think that the world is falling apart. And if you can somehow prove you're a victim, show you're a victim in any way, you're their hero. You're, you're, they're going to bow down to them. And, well, through signs, at least, and online. <laughs> <laughs> so, so physically, like Salt Lake City, lots of that. And at Boise, Boise, there were, some, there were a lot of signs also, not as much as uh, at Salt Lake City. I mean, it, but it's just, it is funny that there is a, there is a part of the woke crowd and I think some people in Salt, in Salt Lake City really appreciate this. There's probably a lot of Californians that just, they would move to Salt Lake City. There's a lot of people are moving out of California in these cities that I've been in. Oh, you see a lot of California mm. license plates. I'll tell you that. You know, mm. Boise, Boise. I'm in Bend, Oregon right now. There are a lot here too. Um, but the, the complete misconception about Salt Lake City being this Mormon town, I think protects it from having... A, cost of living going up is more than it would have. It, it keeps some, some California people are just so naive 
um, about how, how the real world works. Like, no, no, Salt Lake City is as woke as you dudes, man. I mean, well, it, it, on a certain level, yes. It, governmentally, it, it hasn't completely sold out and started taxing and destroying the citizens yet. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, so the, 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 on, on the federal level, uh, definitely the, the woke crowd, the uh, you know, centralization crowd, the forgiveness crowd, the victimization crowd, has, it's in charge of the federal administration. There's no doubt about it. That they, uh, and the, the federal administration about centralization of power too, and, and, and continuing, and there are plenty of people in America that want a king. That, I mean, that's what we're realizing. And people on the left and the right. Uh, and this is, some, this is something that I think we, we have to admit right now. And so no one has a problem that, you know, all right, so the king is senile. As long as, you know, he believes in, you know, this, uh, t- he's going to take care of the victims. He, it's the worst climate ever. We're in the middle of a catastrophe. Everything is the worst ever. So this administration knows that they're as panic-stricken as we are. And not everybody is a panic-stricken screaming Karen, but uh, there's, there's plenty of it. There's plenty of it on, on display. There's plenty, of, there's plenty of ways to display your screaming Karenism through your signs, through your, uh, again, th- th- through how you uh, portray yourself in social media, jumping on to every single solitary uh, uh, luxury belief that is out there. Uh, so, I mean, for me, for me, Bitcoin and being a unique beast, but my philosophy is, uh, is, it, is, it, is, it, is it decentralized uh, I have, I'm coming. I forgot what my my entire term is. Oh, oh my god! A comfortable, uh, not comfortable, a confident decentralist. I am a confident decentralist. All right. So, I understand that you know there's the I don't know maybe the majority of Americans want a centralization of power and a, mm. a king, but I as long as I can still do what I want to do in Florida, do what I want to do in Wyoming. And yeah, I visited Cheyenne. I didn't see any sign of Bitcoin uh, at all, by the way. I was there for seven days. Didn't see anything Bitcoin. Everyone's like, oh, Wyoming is the greatest Bitcoin state in the world. It's going to save the world. I mean, they've got a framework uh, set up. If you're going to set up a business there, I think it's great. But no, I didn't see any. I mean, in the newspaper one day, there was an article on on the front of the paper. Um, But other than that, it is beautiful in Cheyenne. It's windy. But again, going back to true decentralization, if you, if you really believe in Bitcoin, uh, there, there, there can be Ethereum, there can be this, there can be that, and you're not threatened. You're, you're confident. You're confident in it, okay? Uh, and, and same way, same thing in the United States of America right now. Um, on the federal level, things are trending towards centralization. At, at, at the same time, uh, a lot of people are like, the country is tearing apart, the country is tearing apart. And we need to, we need to put it back. Left and right are saying the country is being torn apart. And you can look at that way. You can look at at the United States is being torn apart right now. It's ripping apart. It's going in different directions. If you believe that the United States should be one nation, that the whole nation should believe in mm. one thing, have one leader, have one way of doing things. That's not what this country was founded on. It was 13 separate colonies. They were all founded at different times. And they came to agreement that they would protect each other's butts, okay? You know, our flag should just have a nuclear weapon on it, okay? A picture of a nuke. That is what I like to be centralized under, okay? If China ever wanted to come and nuke, uh, you know, Wyoming or Florida, we're all in this, that we're in together. We've got an agreement where 
they're not going to do that because we got the nukes. We got the best weapons. We got the best army. That's taking care of us. Defense, okay? Everything else, we don't need a culture dictated from on top, okay? There's a 50 different cultures. There's more than 50 different cultures here, okay? And we've still got that system. So we are decentralizing. I'm a positive man. I'm a very positive man. So I'm not saying we're ripping apart. We're just decentralizing more. So I don't like what New York's doing. I don't like what Maryland's doing. I am from Baltimore, as you know. I have spent three days there this year. And I'm going to go back for Rosh Hashanah. It'll be, what, three, four more days, okay? That's like a record for me of, like, fewest days uh, in, in the state of Maryland. Uh, it's, you know, I, I saw my family. I took my family to Disney World, actually. I forgot mm. to mention that. Um, that. That was disappointing, because people don't work hard there anymore. That's It's completely falling apart. Um, <laughs> we, we, I mean, that, 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 this is a lot, a lot of people are feel very entitled right now. Uh, uh, because if they, they don't have to work, they don't have to, the government will pay them, you know, take care of the student loans or whatever. So, you know, I, you say, oh, I got a job at Disney. I don't have to work hard anymore. And they don't even try to hire good people anymore, but it, it, it's crazy. The middle class is, uh, there's no, there's very little incentive. Uh, uh many people think there's, there's no incentive anymore to, to, to move up. If you're a middle-class person, you work hard now, it's so easy. Uh, but uh, it, it's much easier because the competition is, is going away. Uh, but very and very few people have that pioneering cowboy spirit anymore. But let me tell you, you the, the true pioneers of today, don't let don't let this woke nonsense get in your way. Don't worry about it being uh, coming from the Fed. Yes, it is coming from the federal level. The federal level very much represents what's going on in California, Maryland, and New York. But you don't have to be there. You can go to Florida. It's different in Florida. They, they do have a, the, the governor there is, is, is leading the state in a different direction. Um, but you don't, there's more than the life than just government. Most people, their biggest association now, and this is another weakness mm. of the current way, is government is, is, it is the end all, you know, that, that's it. That is the association. They, but there's many different associations you have in life. I mean, there's the, you, who you hang out with at the, at the bar. Who you, uh, you know, who you play sports with, uh, what sports team you like. I mean, all, all sorts of things, what state you're in. Uh, but the most, and so you don't have to, your business associations and stuff, you don't have to let the government, you don't have to be a slave to the government on every single level here. There's so many people that think the government should be the highest of the high. That is the highest of the high. Everything is subservient to that. All your other relations are subservient to the government. The government tells you how to take care of yourself medically. That is the end all, the be all uh, in terms of uh, medicine. People have to get, people need to truly decentralize. So I like, I, I hope that if the 20 percenters out there will realize that no, we're not splitting apart. We're just decentralizing. And you find a place where you're comfortable in this already very nice decentralized system that is out there. And if the states have to nullify laws eventually, then the states have to nullify laws. We haven't gotten there yet. I've said for years that maybe one day Texas, not a little few years, that Texas and Florida, if there ever becomes some Elizabeth Warren wealth tax on Bitcoiners, that they'll just say, well, here, no, you don't, you're, you're free. You're free to do it here. We're going to nullify it. We haven't gotten there yet. And I think the concept of nullification totally gets rid of the you know, there should always be the threat of secession, but we'll never get, you know, some people, again, it's catastrophizing. We're on the verge of secession. No, we're not. 
there are many. You, you can not, states can nullify laws before we get to secession. I think I think nullification is something uh, viewers of mine had told me about. I never really uh, explored before. So that, I mean, uh, online, I'm you know I'm, I'm exploring a lot of uh, southern history and, and stuff like that. Uh, there's there's a guy named Brian McClanahan out there that's uh, I'd like to to listen to. But that's it's it's very weird. The the they have a, a decentralized mentality. And the original, you know, going out west originally was very decentralized too. It's the northeast that yearns for this incredible power over the rest of the uh, and California and, and and the West Coast. They hand in hand, they look, they want there to be one culture, really, and it's kind of disgusting. Um, but hey, they're free to, you know, compete, don't complain. I'm going to do my thing. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to move. I'm not going to hang out in these places where it, it's 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 very obvious that. Uh, there's a mandate from above and they worship from above. And in Maryland, it is sickening. I mean, private institutions are still like, uh, you know, the only way you can come here, the only way your two-year-old kid can come here is he's vac vaccinated. I mean, <laughs> because some old 80-year-old man said so, who's retiring now. I mean, this is insane. Freedom of association, dudes. That is something that Bitcoin is about that, that I've learned recently too. And the federal government, you know, like it or not, has over the years cut down on freedom of association. You can't say, you can't, I'm a Jewish guy, uh, people know, um, you're not allowed to say, no, you can't come into my uh, place because you're Jewish. They should be allowed to say that. They should mm -hmm. be able to ban me. That is, they should be able, they should have the force to be associated with me. Why should some right. guy who hates me, why should I be giving money to some guy that hates me? I want to know that he hates me. So I don't give him money and stuff. But we've gotten into this culture where freedom of association is the worst freedom possible. And that is part of woke culture today, okay? And, and you, if someone's a victim, you must be subservient to them. You must do business with them. Why, why? Well, what was free? And that is, the, that is the glory of Bitcoin. Bitcoin, you can associate with anybody in the world. You can send it to Iran. I don't like Iran at all. I don't like people who think Iran's cool, but I, I understand that they should have the right to associate. Maybe what's, why should I be able to stop them? Why, why should I be able to stop them? I'm not crypto mommy out there. I don't want to be somebody's mommy. Whoa, screaming Karen mommy. I'm a man. Come on now, dudes. What happened? What happened? But it, it's, you know, freedom of association is something that is uh, been to totally left by the wayside, but we're relearning it uh, th through Bitcoin and, and through, you know, being a, 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 what decentralization is really about. So, um, these are things, uh, topics that I'm exploring lately. Freedom of association, true decentralization, stuff like that. And, you know, when I'm walking, when I'm running, these are things I think about. When I take my deadly cold shower, one cold shower a day, people, it wakes you up, baby. <laughs> Pound that like button for me. Woo. Hey, how long have you been taking cold showers? That's something to get used to? Uh, I've been doing it for about three years. Uh, it's, it's just something that's... Uh, so, Do you so ever take hot showers or comforting showers? Not anymore. Never. Not anymore. Now, no. By that, you know, the thing is, Miami and Tel Aviv, the water would be the cold water would be kind of warmish. They just not that I can go to Tel Aviv anymore, but I can still go to Miami. Mm, a disgrace, a disgrace that Israel of all countries, you know, um, mandated that medical experiments be done on their people. Mm, a disgrace, and I love Israel, but I mean, the, I don't, I don't, I don't love. Uh, I learned a lot. I mean, I can't, I can't get stuck there under, under such tyranny if it, if it happens again. All these Israelis from the uh, Tel Aviv Bitcoin embassy, oh, it's over, Adam. It's all, everything's back to normal. I'm like, dude, I can't, <laughs> you weren't letting anybody in the country for a while. 
I can't get stuck there. That that's a beauty. And I think I said this on the last show, the best country to be in during this whole virus situation has been the United States of America. You don't like what's going on in Baltimore and New York City. And people just overly panicked in New York City. You don't like that they have these, you got to show some ID to get in a place. Then you go to Miami. <laughs> One thing you know about Miami is, whoa, you hear the Boston accents there. You hear the New York accents there. And they, they, they just you hear more and more of them because of, but some of them are still, they're still uh, displaying their luxury beliefs online. You know, they, they, they still they can't they still can't give it up in uh, in Twitter land, uh, but they, they don't tell they don't they don't admit that they moved down there physically and everything. Uh, there's, there's a lot of hypocrites out there. Hey, but let them be hypocrites. It's none of my it's not my business. Let, let them do what they're going to do. Um, but, you know, I, when it gets personal is when they say, no, you, you, you can't say that or you can't do that or you're a, you're a criminal because you're a Bitcoiner. But what I don't you know, something that I do comment on is like. In our space, in the Bitcoin space, in the cryptocurrency space, when people start saying, no, you can't do this or you can't hang out with people, then they don't truly understand. They're against freedom of association, which saddens me. But at the same time, during the virus, when the virus started, I saw about uh, 20 percent of Bitcoiners completely panic and lose their mind and become, you know, screaming for the government to protect them. And I was in total shock. So should it be a shock that there are a lot of Bitcoiners out there that don't grasp the freedom of association? No, it's not a total shock. No one is no one is perfect here. Um, but, but for me, I'll say the word Ethereum. I don't, I don't have a problem <laughs> with saying the word Ethereum. I don't have a problem with saying, um, that the Ethereum, uh, what's about to happen, Ethereum 2.0, whatever you want to call it, when they're shifting over to uh, proof of stake, that this, this could be a very good thing for, uh, for, for, uh, for me, that, that I, I think, uh, the, the pumping of the price of Ethereum is, is good for Bitcoin. It brings attention to Bitcoin. I have no problem with what they're doing anymore. I think it may, that, that Bitcoin is gonna be the only proof of work out there or, or big proof of work out there. It's gonna be great. Uh, let, it's gonna be a way to differentiate for the people who understand. And let, you know, Capito Capla, let's see what proof. And I, you know, I truly under, I do understand that the social attack is going to come. The ESG attack mm-hmm. is going to come. It was gonna come no matter what. <clears throat> but to wish, to wish failure from the Ethereum side, there are plenty of Ethereum people like Bitcoin. Okay, they're plenty, but there are plenty of uh, bad actors out there that are gonna once it once it switches over in September, the social attacks on Bitcoin. There'll be some big ones from Ethereum people who are gonna say Bitcoin is destroying the environment because, of course, we're living in the worst environment ever. The world's about to end. It's a catastrophe. Everything's a catastrophe. Bitcoin's a catastrophe. But here, something that for the people that that want the SEC on sicked on. Uh, on Ethereum, or for the people who want the Ethereum merge to fail, uh, let me tell you something. If the Ethereum thing fails, okay, if the merge, fa- if it just blows up, there's no Ethereum anymore. I mean, there's gonna be some Bitcoin that's be like, yeah, it's the greatest thing ever. It's the second largest cryptocurrency out there, okay? There are plenty of mainstream people, they, lo- they love cryptocurrency, but they, you know, to say, the- Look like they're smart to look like they're like, yeah, I own some Bitcoin and some Ethereum. Okay, there's this. So if Ethereum disappeared, something horrifying happened to it. What you would have is our, you know, crypto nanny uh, government here, uh, screaming Karens. It would give Elizabeth Warren the ultimate power. The ultimate power grab would immediately come. She would say, look what happened. The second biggest cryptocurrency just exploded. It just, Bitcoin is in trouble. 
we, I am going to regulate this. I am making this a major plank. I'm announcing my presidency today, in fact. She'll say, my run for presidency today. Uh, I mean, this could be something so, a, a, such a huge club against Bitcoin if Ethereum were, if it were to fail in the manner that some people fantasize about that. So I've always, again, compete, don't complain, let them compete. Let them, I'm not about destruction. There's so many people that are always about, it was destroyed. It's a war. No, nothing needs to be destroyed. Ethereum doesn't need to be destroyed. If Ethereum is destroyed, it's going to boomerang real bad back on us, on, on, on Bitcoin people. It really is. I'm telling you, everyone think, put just, you know, do, do some simple thinking here. Ethereum fails. What will Elizabeth Warren do? What will what will be what what is she going to be tweeting about then? What is and all the people like her, all these crypto skeptics? What are they got? They're not going to be talking about Ethereum anymore. That'll be a thing of the past. What are they going to be talking about? They're going to be talking about all a straight right now. Bitcoin has so many shields for this DeFi, these NFTs, uh, Ethereum, whatever. Everything is a shield for Bitcoin right now. But you get rid of the big, big, biggest, the number two, uh, uh, they're going to forget about these shields and just go straight to the, straight to, for the real thing, baby. So I, people, you know, you can, you can say what you want to say, believe what you want to believe, but I'm just, uh, you know, giving you that little bit, tidbit of information. Maybe that'll change some minds out there. Uh, also, you know, everybody, everything that's in the, the Twitter space, we, we really do overblow it. Okay. Uh, you know, most people in retail, uh, they, they have no idea what's going on in the Twitter space. Uh, that that Bitcoiners are toxic. They have no idea. They don't know. They're just buying whatever they're buying. They buy what Ben Shapiro said to buy. They don't know that Bitcoiners are toxic. There's so, so many people in the crypto in the Twitter space that are like since Bitcoiners are so toxic, it's clearly lo- losing momentum. This is this is nonsense. This is you know, these big uh, big funds. They care about uh, that if Udi is toxic or if Nick Carter is toxic or who, who's toxic. Uh, Bitcoin Magazine is top. They don't know those things. They don't, they don't know the first thing about what those things e- e- even are. Um, so we, we put we put a lot of uh, <laughs> into these guys. We put these guys on pedestals in the space. I think a lot of them they care way too much about online clout. <laughs> uh, I think I think people have got to really remove themselves from this uh, desire from o- online clout. But like I said at the beginning of the show, it's a uh, in in society today at all. Um, online cloud is, is just very important, especially if you're not wealthy. It is, is a way to display uh, your power, your, your beliefs, uh, whatever. It's it's it, it's not real. It's 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 a lot of noise. You, you're 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 much better learning about Bitcoin than worrying about how many people retweeted you and how controversial you were. Yeah, I uh, was a lot there. <clears throat> uh, I like you know compete, not complain. So I, I do want to see Bitcoin outcompete Ethereum on, on the merits of, uh, of hard money. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I do think of Ethereum as an illegal security. And uh, I think people are allowed to do whatever they want in the marketplace. But I do think, and I'm not trying to say Ethereum has done this per se, but I think that I think scams should be prosecuted. I think there should be consequence, consequences to crimes. Um, and I think that, you know, I think that ecosystem crypto has a lot of things that are not just uh, scams that people get roped in, but are outright frauds and, and different things like that to a certain degree. And I'm not saying every single thing there is run as a scam, but uh, I think that crypto also in and of itself is a huge 
attack vector on Bitcoin. And I think it's, uh, to be honest, I think it's state sponsored and I think they win either way. So if, you know, Ethereum does well, they can promote Ethereum and uh, the benefits to sort of uh, FinTech and, and getting uh, whatever there and maybe surveillance, but also if it fails, then they could also promote it as a huge failure and, oh, that's a reflection on Bitcoin. So I see that they kind of let, I think they let these scams go on purpose because they kind of, there's a grift insiders might benefit and they could also kind of point to the scams in the space instead of preventing them or or even policing them um so i just think i i you know and and i don't want to get put in a position where it's like oh bitcoin can't win because i think none of this actually affects bitcoin the protocol uh so win lose a draw on all these issues bitcoin is, is is still the next bitcoin and the only thing that matters uh, so fortunately, I don't really have to um, go down these rabbit holes and I don't have to like put a lot of brain power into them. But I do find them sort of offensive at their core. Um, I'm not saying I'm going to stand on a corner with a sign and, and be like, don't buy this or, you know, I try to stay out of those fights. But I, I try to warn my friends and family like, hey, you can go gamble at the casino. But like if you want to find a store of value and savings technology, stick to the only thing that can do that. And I. I don't like to see people get caught up in these sort of narratives. Well, I, I think you bring up some very interesting points right there. Yes, of course, warn, warn your friends if you, if you think something is going to wreck them. Of course, uh, tell them not to get into altcoins. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. It definitely is. It is the soundest money out there. But Ethereum is not trying to be what Bitcoin is. Now, some people are trying to say, it, you know, argue against that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's already changed in the past. It's, Bitcoin is never changing, okay? Ethereum has already changed. It means it's not, uh, it, it, it's, it's, you, you never know. And it's going to change again. There's a theory, you know, there is no Bitcoin 2.0. There's never going to be a Bitcoin. It is what it is. Ethereum is a, a totally different beast. It's for the Silicon Valley type of mentality that, you know, that they want a centralized leader to keep on changing it. All right. And, 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 and it will evolve. Uh, but Ethereum, if you value your wealth in Ethereum, you're going to get yield from Ethereum. You're going to get more yield. Now you're going to get yield. Bitcoin doesn't produce yield on its own. It is, but that's a good thing. It's that's a, you know, Bitcoin is just you know preserving your wealth. That for me, that some people are like that's boring. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not that's not boring, dude. That's a fundamental uh, something that uh, you know makes sense. I mean, you have fun staying poor if you can't preserve your wealth, all right? But there's some people that are, and it's the majority of people. We just had a major crash in it. You know, most of it was brought, a lot of it was brought on for people's insane desire for yield. They were putting Bitcoin at third parties, putting, putting stable coins at third parties. Oh, yeah, of course, they're going to keep paying 9%, 9%. I mean, it's never going to end. These people aren't going to learn. You should tell people, dude, if it's a 9% yield, there's something not kosher back there, okay? But no, no, one, no one believed, oh, no, it's a, Luna's not falling apart. It's magic. It's this, it's that. And it's, it's, good, to, it's good to warn people about that. Warn, but the desire for yield is never ending. Thus, mm. Ethereum has a market that's out there, all right? It is going into the yield business now. So if you think Ethereum is valuable, you, you know, you, you, you stake your yield through Coinbase, and we'll talk about, I, I hope we can talk about Brian, uh, something about yep. Brian a little bit later on. But um, yeah, you, you say, and they're gonna give you more Ethereum. You're gonna get every month, you're gonna get some more Ethereum, thanks to this magical Ethereum thing. People want yield. so. Uh, is it an illegal security? As defined by the federal government, it probably is. 
But since we, the federal government is, you know, they, they pick winners and losers. It's kind of grandfathered in. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they picked a, it's a winner. It, it, that's the, that's a fascist style of government. But of course, most people want a king. Most people want to be led by one leader that decides on you know, a whim and on connections, everything. That's what fascism is about. Um, you know, you, 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 it's, it's a private industry, but you favor certain private industries and, you know, then you get some kickbacks, they get some kickbacks, whatever. So for some reason, Ethereum got in there uh, and is defined as, is, 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 they're going to say, no, it's not. It, it is already, Gensler and everybody already said it's, it's not. But if, you know, if you look purely at the definition, but I'm one step away, I don't care about the definition. I don't care about what the federal government defines as illegal and legal securities. I'm way beyond that, okay? Again, decentralization. Maybe if it comes to it, yeah, I think it would be great if the United States government did say, well, okay, if, I don't think it'd be great if the United States government said, hey, Ethereum is a security, we're going to arrest everybody. I don't, I think if that happened though, if Wyoming said no, states' rights, it's not, it's not security here, come to Wyoming. You can have Ethereum in Wyoming, even though the government says, I, I, would, I would think that would be a good thing because it would show that, God forbid, if something like that were to ever happen to me, something I held a mm. uh, you know bitcoin it was ever declared as illegality that a state could step up and, and do that so i you know again you're you're the people who go, go to the uh i think there's a weakness in the argument that it's a federally defined security because you're giving too much power uh to, you're making it the highest association the federal government is the highest of the high what why, why not why is the state government equal to the federal government What's that? Why? Why not? Why not? I mean, I'll give it, you a reason. Well, they can't print money, right? Uh, they can't print money, uh, yeah. and so it's not a fair fight. That so is I, a, that is a great point in terms of uh, physical power, right there. Um, but in, in terms of theoretical power uh, mm -hmm. and, and power to control ideas, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, I mean, it, it, that that is a. But hey, a, a state could. Saying to itself, no, we're we're not we're going to print money now. It, it, I mean, it would get in a lot of there'd be some problems. I mean, when it comes down to it, again, uh, on the argument of state versus federal power, if a state tries to say no, we are as powerful as the federal government, it'll come down to this: Will the young men of America be willing to uh, go to war against uh, the state that does it? Will they be, you know, if the members of the United States Army, will they be willing to invade Wyoming? I mean, it, I actually put it out, I put out a tweet once, and again, it's, it's not a scientific poll, but uh, would, would you go, would you send your daughters or sons or yourself to war to stop a state from seceding from the United States? No one said yes. No one said yes. Um, but I am, a, at the same time, I'm a realist. There's, there are these, uh, people that worship the government like it is uh like it's a religion uh and uh they they maybe would be willing to send their sons and daughters to invade uh wyoming and start uh, shooting citizens <laughs> I, I don't know but uh, <laughs> that's where it comes down to when we talk about state versus federal power but i'm trying to get it in people's heads right now in terms of true decentralization is that there is no association that is higher than another that is more important than another uh and so the the state association uh, Wyoming is just as important to, as, as what the federal government says. So uh, yeah, I, I I don't I don't believe in these. Uh, but that, yeah, I mean it, it does it does come down to uh, to force and uh, who's who's got the guns 
in the end of the day, which is really disgusting and sickening. But hey, we're 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 not we're not there yet. Uh, well, let's let's go let's go there a little bit in our minds. So let's you know uh, let's say that the ETH you know I think the ETH merge could be a nothing burger. I think it could be a sell the the news type of event. I, I think it could go swimmingly well, and and ETH could race ahead uh, in in market value. Uh, I do think that if they're successful with the merger, that uh, it's going to be a huge narrative attack vector. Bitcoin is boiling the oceans. So let's go down that path. Uh, ETH is incredibly successful. The merger is successful. It, it quote unquote, does not take uh, energy to run the system. Um, there's all these, you know, I, I don't agree with benefits. And they come at Bitcoin hard. And let's say they go so hard. Do you think there's a chance that Bitcoiners are going to jail and or getting tortured in the United States of America over quote unquote Bitcoin ownership, possession, whatever you want to call it? No, no, I don't, I don't think, not at all. No, I don't think, I also don't think there's a space. You, you said something as the crypto attack on, uh, on Bitcoin is state sponsor. I don't believe that either. I don't, I, don't, I think they got, I think they got other things to worry about. But what would wake up if it, if something if if, if something if there was a huge uh, a huge controversy like Ethereum going well, we down tubes it, it, it would it would open up the power grab. There's not a big power grab right now around Bitcoin uh, around cryptocurrency, but it, it, that I, I agree that is going to be a huge you know the, a huge way to. The ESG narrative is, is going to grow, get bigger and bigger uh, as time progresses. Uh, more people are going to buy into this. So to have an ESG kosher uh, cryptocurrency being Ethereum, it, it will create interest in taxation of Bitcoin, just, just some really annoyances when it comes around Bitcoin. There are going to be some annoyances really annoying things but in terms of arrest and some there will be states that make it illegal to mine bitcoin definitely that that's coming around illegal to hold bitcoin like a, an executive 6102 like they did with gold do you think it's a a, a greater than zero possibility if, if elizabeth warren becomes president it's the only one i'm worried about <laughs> seriously the others uh, that that could be her thing um but most of these guys are just empty. I mean, look at the guy right now doesn't think anymore. So that with, you know, they're, they're going to keep on going down this uh, catastrophe uh, doom hole. I mean, okay? if, if Elizabeth Warren was true to her quote unquote values and connecting dots, she would be very pro Bitcoin. Oh, yeah. Because in helping the common man. Yeah, that, that's her. One of her. Right. If she she's, actually wasn't if she was actually going against the banks. But this is she's against the rich and successful. And that those those are the easiest scapegoats. Those she could she could find somebody. Look, I just taxed Elon Musk fifty million dollars. I just taxed uh, this uh, Bitcoin or fifty. It only only if you hold the only wealth tax I'm creating because it's environmentally unfriendly is is Bitcoin. And it'd be you know we would be the ultimate scapegoats. I think I, I think Bitcoiners could become big scapegoats uh that that's a very bad case scenario uh especially in certain states but maybe other states would step up but on a federal level with elizabeth warren as president 
We could be the biggest. We could be the most popular scapegoat. Yes, we we could be. I mean, I don't think you get a lot of the state individuality without the crash and burn of the dollar. So I think you kind of have to like to get to sort of that 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 great future of. I don't see I don't see the dollar being strong and state rights or states autonomy being strong at the same time. Yeah, but, but they won't. If Florida didn't secede, but just didn't continue to do its own thing, what would the, the government went? And the, the federal government still had huge control over most of the rest of the country and was just bringing in the tax revenue and stuff and just running and, and winning. It's about power. It's all about power. And if the if it's the Democrats that, that are, go down this authoritarian total control route, if they control all you know, most of the governorships, the presidency, the Supreme Court, the and the and the and the, uh, the federal legislature, they'll be happy. They're not gonna. If there's one state that strays or a couple states that strays, I, I don't think they're gonna go. I don't think they'll go all in. They'll, they'll be so powerful. With it. They're not. They're nowhere close to that right now. I mean, it's it's basically split 50-50 right now. So I mean, they, they, it would take a lot of. It would it would take a lot to get super duper like, you know, we are, we're invading your state type of thing. All right. So I, I wouldn't worry about the dollar because I agree. The dollar is staying strong because the rest of the countries are going down the tubes faster than the United States uh, in, in terms of, in terms of printing money. There's no question about it. I mean, the inflation is worse basically everywhere else. I mean, some places it's not, but um, in terms of power, I think you put a lot of, uh, value in potential power grabs in in terms of the finance behind it. I don't think for the demo again for the Democrats to gain power that they they need to have super duper financial control. Like um, I, I think they could just do it with with guilt and the way they're they're doing it right now. Just to, certain states are just there is no overall United States culture, but there are enough states with a culture that, that, you know, mesh very well with authoritarianism, that they, they, they'd be able to take, you know, control of, you know, 60%, 67% of the nation, and they, they would be pleased that that, that that would be it right there. And there would be enough states to take a stand against it. And, and there would just be a wall of safety in some of these states still. I, I don't, I, but, but in the states that are controlled by the authoritarians, yeah, it's going to be bad for Bitcoin. It could get real, 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 real bad. Maybe that that, that is where the the, uh, the equivalent of gold confiscation would happen. But I, I still I still have faith in the uh, the stray states that that will be out there at the end of this nightmare type of scenario, which I don't think is even happening. I don't I don't I don't I don't foresee the nightmare scenario happening that, that, that you you talk about again. I because of of, of nullification, and so I don't. I don't think that the I'm basically saying to sum it all up: the power of the printing press of the federal government does not uh, usurp the power of the, of the individual states. It doesn't. Right. So, um, uh, what do you think then of? I mean, you were one of the first to come out to say, you know, sort of happy inflation. Happy inflation, baby. Happy inflation, and you know, I, I go around. I, I have sticker priced shock everywhere I go. And I feel a lot of people I talk to talk about prices a little bit more, 
but I don't think people are in shock or no. really concerned. They're happy. They're happy. It's, so. it's happy inflation. They've succeeded. The federal government has pulled, pulled off of exactly what I, I said would happen. It's a good thing. It's a good thing because it's not going up as fast anymore. <laughs> that, that, that's the other thing. Look, the economy is growing and there's jobless, jobless things are down. And the Federal Reserve is becoming more diverse. I mean, that was the main article. I mean, that, that was a huge article. Federal Reserve is, is now more diverse. They're doing a bad job, you know. But no, no, no. That speaks to the wokeism. Uh, I mean, they're just saying that they're more apt to handle the complexities of the economy because there's more diversity on the panel. And so now, like, diversity is the qualification. Uh, you know, they're not touting anyone's background no. or skill set in handling no, the, the issue. It's just the way you look. It's just the way you look. But that's yeah. a, it's, it's a very super, the world's very superficial. It's very superficial. So uh, people are, are. This is not going well, though, I think, to, to, to live in a superficial world like this. I mean, like, well, I can't it, see it, this ending way, well. It's not going not well. Not for the individual, it, I'm saying for the group, for. We could all carve out our Bitcoin overlay, but I'm saying this I, this, I don't think this is going well for America. No, the 80% of middle classers are just becoming more and more dependent on the federal government. Yeah. Which is this goal of uh, definitely one of the political parties out there right now, like the Democratic Party. Um, if you become a, and they'll get more and more votes. So having an inflation is, is helping, uh, you know, people would rather fit in and display their luxury beliefs and but you know and, and have inflation and be poor and lose their wealth as long as they're fitting in as long as they still have some nice thing and guess what they're, they're being they're being given bones that make inflation very happy it is very happy for the people that are being bailed out of their student loans right now it's it's great that's adding to inflation of course uh i can't help but to laugh though because it's going to come back to bite everyone including them yeah, but the, but they still haven't pulled out the Fed coin uh, thing yet. We still haven't done uh -huh. Fed coin, where the United States government will be issuing mortgages through Fed negative ten percent interest rate mortgages, so everybody can get paid to buy a house, and they'll still default on their negative ten percent mortgage. We're not even close to that yet. Um, I mean, it's it is it is going to be some crazy stuff out there in happy inflation land uh, because of Fed coin. It gives them this. They're gonna. They're going to be able to pull this thing. People are like, oh, no, it's, it's mathematically impossible for this inflation to continue. No, 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 no. We haven't had Fed coin yet. Negative interest rates, because Fed coin allows negative interest rates and allows for, uh, and if Elizabeth Warren is president, she might just get rid of all, uh, most banks. So, you know, the Federal Reserve, you'll be able to directly interact with the Federal Reserve. That'll be your bank now, and you'll be able to get negative 10% mortgages through them. Negative, ten, and that's, I'm not, it's not a mistake, people. Negative 10% interest rate mortgages. We're going to one day, one day we're going to, and maybe it'll only be from, if you're, if you're a minority, you get negative 10%. If you're white, you get negative 5%. Okay? Is, is be a, that'll be part of the reparations package is that, you know, you know, certain people get a negative 10% mortgage rate and certain, only certain people get negative 2%, negative 5%, and still people will de default. It'll, it'll, it'll never end. <laughs> it'll, it'll, be, it'll be amazing. But we're not, we're not, I mean, that what we're about so that just boils down to the point you want some, you want a store of value that the government cannot mess with that that is bitcoin okay because there are a lot of ways they can met they can mess with the uh with the, uh, the the fiat that you haven't even dreamt of yet because of glorious technology glorious technology which uh, governments uh hinder through regulation which is which is ironic 
if it were not through the, if because of this glorious technology uh, that they, they hinder through regulation, they wouldn't be able to pull off some of this nonsense and extend these inflationary times. But they'll be able to do it. And because most people are comfortably numb, they love a comfortable dystopia. And we, we, have, we just have to come to that, that, uh, that, that there are certain cultures in America, certain dominant cultures, that love being slaves, that love uh, uh, middle class. They don't care that they don't, that they have to, there's no embarrassment on, on relying on the government anymore and getting bailed out. That's gone. Uh, but again, the, the, the cowboy culture is still out there. You just, you just have to find it and be confident. But most people aren't very confident in themselves. That's unfortunate for them. For me, mm. whatever, it's life. Yeah, uh, life is fun. Life is good. What uh, do you think that Bitcoin is going to be the world reserve currency one day? No, people... not at all. No, no. Okay. Because so, most people, they're, they're fiat slaves. More and more people becoming uh, slaves and worshippers, and they, they have no problem with it. Happy inflation. They're happy with what the government's doing. So let's stipulate that. So then what is best case scenario for uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoiners in the sense that uh, is there a city that takes on Bitcoin, it, 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 does it ever kind of go a little further than being a store of value in the United States of America? Or is it really like when we get together at festivals, maybe we set up a little lightning tent, you know? Um, how do you see sort of Bitcoin progressing uh, beyond a store of value, if at all? I don't think about that too much because I think it's just, <laughs> just preserving my wealth is so important as a sense. Okay. As a tool to it's a freedom of I, freedom of association in terms of freedom of association, you're not going to be able to send money to certain people. I mean, most people will be using fed coin and there'll be certain, uh, maybe no one in Florida will be allowed to get fed coin that you won't be able. If you live in Georgia, you will no longer be able to send up uh, because this federal because Florida is so evil. You will not no longer be able to send dollars into, into Florida. There you go. That's where Bitcoin will, will, will come in handy. Okay. But, but on a very, uh, and that, that, that's pretty doomsday right there. But again, it, it, it is blatantly obvious that there are now people um, that have been deemed unworthy by the federal government. Um, you know, if you, if you investigate Alex Berenson, a guy who was just tweeting about uh, the, the virus, they asked Twitter, the federal government wanted Twitter to ban him, which is a total violation of uh, freedom of speech. When, they, when the government it cuts your speech through a private entity, that is, that, that's horrifying. But they have no problem with that anymore. They have, they have no problem with doing anything like that anymore. So many people are going to be cut off from, from the financial system. Uh, from the Fed coin system, from the dollar system. So it will be a way to, to transact with the uh, unmentionables, with the people you're not supposed to. And that list of people is just going to grow and grow and grow. And businesses are going to, so it'll be, it gives businesses that are on the borderline between, you know, really wanting to be themselves, but scared to be themselves, to just be themselves and be like, you know what? I can use Bitcoin. There are plenty of people out there that are going to transact with Bitcoin. That is going to be the main transaction use case for Bitcoin is uh, the freedom of association uh, use case right there. It's not going to be like, you know, you know at some uh, at some regular uh, bodega, you know, you're going to go in there, you're going to use a Bitcoin because, uh, you know, the, the dollar is inflating too much. I, I, don't, I, don't see, I, I don't see that. I think it's, it's just going to be a, uh, in, in certain countries, in certain corners of this country, 
it's just good. Things are going to become so censor friendly and uh, freedom of association will be so hindered that you, that uh, it'll be the only way to have a financial freedom of association. Right. I think that's a really good point. Um, so then, you know, we were talking a little bit before about Bitcoin and crypto and that inflection point and what we just touching on here. So then what do you think of like Coinbase and they're a public company now? Uh, you watch them grow from a little bitty seed to something a lot bigger now. So what's your take there? Oh, I got, I got a lot to say about the Coinbase now. Um, I mean, let's, I, I just heard the Lex Friedman, uh, Brian Armstrong uh, interview, which I thought was great. I really not listened to Brian for that, that long period, two hours or whatever. I hardly, hardly heard his voice before. And the, the dude definitely had good intentions. He had, you know, balls of steel to start something that early in something that was, you know, I remember 2013, okay? I remember when Coinbase first allowed people to buy there. I bought that. That's where I bought my first two Bitcoin in November of 2013. Thank God. And uh, that, I, that I had that a bit. So I am forever thankful for, for Coinbase to, you know, being the first way for Americans to like easily, not having to wire money to Japan, um, to, to be able to easily buy it. And I'm, you know, for some time, I knew they were going to become the first public company. I think it was great to have a, a, a Bitcoin company become a public company. I think that was great for the space. I looked, I looked forward to that. At the, I knew, I remember the growing paintings of 2016. And a lot of people were suspecting a lot of things. He talked about how bad their customer service was. He, in the interview, he was revealing a lot. The biggest thing he revealed, which I think is something everyone's got to, and I suspected this in 2016. I really did. And he didn't say it was in 2016 per se, but he said it was early on. You know, they were getting a lot of venture capital funding. And I have no problem with venture. A lot of people have vilified venture capital funding. Do you need funding somewhere? Are you going to turn away free money? I mean, not free money, but you're going to turn away $25 million, $50 million. There came a point, he said, because you know, they were people were buying Bitcoin, people were selling Bitcoin, they're getting venture funding. They didn't know how much money they had. They, I mean, think about that. What would become the first publicly traded Bitcoin company, probably in 2016, did not know how much money they had. And they had a lot of money. So at one point, what he did, he just set up a separate bank account with some of the venture capital money that he had. So at least he knew there. Because if you don't know how much money your company has, you could be insolvent in two seconds. Now, I want you to fast forward to today. Fast forward to today where people are so confident in all these third-party companies that are out there, that they're solvent. Dude, the most famous, biggest, first public Bitcoin company did not know how much money they had at one time. What makes you think that there are plenty of companies out there in this space right now that don't know how much money they have right now, even though they're receiving hundreds of millions of dollars of venture capital money? He, they had a proper CFO, okay? So it's still going on out there, okay? That is a huge takeaway from early Coinbase, mid-year mid Coinbase. It could still be going on. We don't know what's going on at these companies at all. Don't be so confident because a company, I'm not going to name names like that, but because some big Bitcoin, uh, Bitcoin guy out there that's huge on social media and is rich mm. and is a venture capital guy, but he's funding some company that's hundreds of millions of dollars he's getting them, that they even know how much money that they have. 
that they even have any money left, okay? That means the, the spend, we don't know. So that, for all these people that are like, I want to invest in this company, I want, they're, they're too bored with the underlying. Invest in the underlying, which is coin, which is Bitcoin, okay? That is the underlying asset that powers all of this nonsense that's out there, okay? You don't know how much these third parties have, okay? They could be, they could have the best venture capital funding in the world, which Coinbase had. They didn't know, they were being held by the venture capitalists to tell them how much money do you really have? That's unbelievable. That's how loose the venture cap. I mean, it, it says a lot about mm -hmm. the, the chances, the risk that venture capitalists are, are willing to take. Okay, so going back to, to pure Coinbase right now, clearly they become an altcoin casino. He's going in that direction. He has no guilt in that. Dude, that's what the majority, that's what the 80 percenters want. They want yield. They want, they're bored. They're bored with Bitcoin. They want fancy sets and graphics. They, I mean, you, you, you see it in every aspect of life. He's, he's, he's got a publicly traded company. He's got to make money somehow, okay? He's got he's to maximize shareholder value. The way you do that in the quote-unquote cryptocurrency space is you, you do all this, uh, you do all this altcoin stuff right now. What's the big, and right now he is holding his breath uh, because the Ethereum, the Ethereum merge is huge for Coinbase because it will be such a quote unquote safe way to get your, uh, to get your yield from Ethereum. Most people don't know how to, you know, I don't know how many, how many do you even need? How many Ethereum do you need? Ether do you need? Is 32. 30, 32. 32. And you know how you have to set up, set it up. That's on around own. fifty grand right now. Yeah, but people don't know the technicalities behind that and how to do it properly. You just let out Coinbase. You don't have to have thirty-two at Coinbase. You, right. they, you, they, they do it for you. They've got plenty of thirty-twos over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So this is going to be a huge business for the exchanges for Coinbase. All these and most people out there right now don't real. They know Ethereum is the number two cryptocurrency. They don't know that you're going to be able to get yield from, like, I mean, people say, you know, sell, buy the rumors, sell the news. I think, you know, once they do accomplish, they're going to accomplish it. I think the price will go down. I think leading up to it, the price will continue to go up. Um, but it'll go, but then it'll go up again after it goes down afterwards, because people are going to realize like, wait a second, I'm, you know, there are all these people that own a bunch of cryptocurrency. They don't, they don't have it on their Trezor. They have it at Coinbase. I mean, Brian talked openly about, you know, he, he, he says he doesn't want people to hold there anymore. There's too much responsibility. But that was one of their font. That, that was one of the original things they wanted to be was a Bitcoin right. bank. Original. And maybe yeah. it's changed. I'm not, I'm not in his head. But guess what? Most of the normies, most of the institutions, they, it's, they got third parties holding it for them, okay? And... So people are going to say, wait a second, I've got, I've got the same amount of Bitcoin as Ethereum, or I have a little bit more Bitcoin than Ethereum because I just diversified for the sake of diversification. Most people do that. Well, wait a second. Why, why, why don't I buy more Ethereum? Like, Bitcoin doesn't pay me any interest. Ethereum does pay me interest. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy more Ethereum at Coinbase. And it's a very... This is a big deal for Coinbase. They're going to get a lot of people buy Ethereum because of this. Now, I mean, you said that there could be a scenario where the, the flipping happens. Um, you might have implied, you know, the, 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 I don't want to put words in their mouth, but you said something about market cap. I, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that is going to happen. 
I mean, a bit, uh, in Ethereum, would have, uh, Ether would have to be worth 16% of a Bitcoin. I think there are going to be a lot of people hyping that. Uh, I don't think that, I think it's going to get up to 10% of a Bitcoin. Should we really care? No, I don't, I don't care. My, my, I think Bitcoin will be going up in value too during this entire uh, uh, debacle, or not debacle. But I mean, if people start, if normies that never bought a cryptocurrency before start flying into the space because they hear, hear they can get yield on, on Ethereum, they'll, they'll be prone to get some, a little bit of Bitcoin on the side too. Maybe not as much as Ethereum, but whatever. But yeah, Coinbase is about to make a killing off of uh, the Ethereum merge if it all goes uh, successful because they're going, we saw the desire for yield. I mean, that's what Luna was. That's what all these... All these crashes were all about and, and putting your, your precious Bitcoin at third party that offers you 9% was all about yield. And you and I can scream to the rooftops, you know, ignore the yield because one of the, uh, you know, a, a, a social, I, I will say this about Bitcoin maximalist, Bitcoin uh, toxicity on, online, which again, most people don't notice, but it does serve as a shield against a possible social 2017 Bcash type attack. We're not going to see, and that's the reason the toxicity formed in the first place, was to fight off that Bcash uh, attack. It, it, but it's still there. It's, it's still part of the, the uh, protection system, the alarm system. And so I don't agree with all the insanity that comes from some of these guys sometimes. I, th I think they, they might become sick in the head from their orthodoxy, from their Bitcoin uh, inquisition type of ways, but that this exists in the social media Bitcoin space, that there is something that toxic does basically make it impossible for when the time comes, when the ESGers out there um, fork off Bitcoin as an ESG Bitcoin, that people will not it will, it's impossible to really get, Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. That is what, on, on a social level, those toxic guys guarantee that you can't attack, you can't try to change that on a social level like the Bcash people were. It's impossible because of that toxicity. So that's a positive spiritual toxicity there. It's also a reminder that, you know, the ESG narrative will be expanded because of Ethereum to a point where someone famous uh, will try to fork off an ESG Bitcoin, uh, they will do it. But for all those people who want yield, you're going to get it. We're going to get this free Bitcoin crypto dividend called ESG Bitcoin or whatever it's going to be called, you know, or friendly, you know, proof of stake Bitcoin, whatever. It's, uh, we're, that's a positive. I mean, it, it's not going to be the next Bitcoin because of our toxic brothers out there and, uh, and a lot of other reasons. But that's one of the, one of the reasons. And we'll just, it, that's how, be patient, people. Long-term thinking, there are going to be plenty of other crypto dividends of Bitcoin. These forks that are done in attempts to socially uh, divide everybody, but that, that fail and eventually go under 1%. I mean, you, Bcash was at 20%, 30% one time. I mean, was, if you would have said in 20, November 2017, it's going to 1%, people would have laughed. People laughed at Tone Base. He did say that. Pound that like button for Tone Base, who always said it was going to go under 1%. And now it's just common thinking. Yeah, what's Bcash? Uh, that thing, it's like 0.5% of, of a Bitcoin. They all trend it. You know, Jimmy Sal used to say that all, he said, all the forks trend to 1%, less than 1%. They all, but 
it's coming, dudes. Treat it, have a good mentality about it. ESG Bitcoin, treat it as a crypto dividend. When uh, when it's at twenty percent of a Bitcoin, dude, you get your you tra- you trade that in for Bitcoin. There's your freaking yield right there, and it's totally. If you control your own private key, you, you're totally safe. Okay, when you uh, and, and, well, anyway, I'm not, we're not gonna, we're not there yet, but I I fully expect there to be. Uh, the, the, those attacks of the ESG narrative growing to a point where someone has to do an ESG Bitcoin. And yep. believe you me, there will be plenty. And again, it won't be state-sponsored, but there'll be state actors like Elizabeth Warren who will be like, oh, maybe this one's all right. This bit. And then maybe if she were, she were president, okay, this is, the, she'll try to define what the real Bitcoin is at that point. That would be very interesting, wouldn't it? I could see something like that happening. I could see something like that happening. But it failing, though. It failing. Because the United States is not the whole world either. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the mm. whole world. And uh, not, you know, that would be quite a social attack though. if the president of the United States jumped on board uh, the, the, forked off, uh, the forked off fake Bitcoin. That would be interesting. I Never say never. Never say never. Um, <clears throat> I think that, uh, you know, I have a very bad experience with Coinbase. Uh, they have no obligation to me. But when I went there in 2017, they presented other coins uh, in that sort of light of this is another or something to be equated with Bitcoin. Uh, I, I My fiat brain was like, oh, I got to diversify. These things have a smaller price point. This is interesting. Uh, they owe me nothing, but I, I'm allowed my free, my own free uh, ill will towards them. Uh, and, and I kind of um, I also think that if maybe they did focus just on Bitcoin, I think in the long run, they'd be better off. Uh, I think they'd be better off even now, maybe if they just bought Bitcoin instead of maybe some fancy couches and the nice lunches for whoever they need to impress. I have no problem with VC money, PE money. Uh, I do know as a corporate accounting consultant for 25 years that I've met a lot of CEOs that have no idea how the balance sheet looks, how much money they have. Uh, Generally speaking, they're great salesmen. Uh, They got to increase the top line. Everyone else down the line can figure out what they need to do with the balance sheet. But yeah, they're easily run a company into the ground. I wouldn't be surprised if Coinbase is fractionally reserved. Um, and when it comes to yield, um, I, I think of what Alan Farrington says, and I think he put it on a, a t-shirt, but where does that yield come from? So it, when you you clearly define where the yield came from in Bitcoin, it comes from these free coins. You don't rely on them, but they might come once in a while and you just cash them in for free Bitcoin. That's some yield. In this other game, I think it's a lot of Ponzi economics. And sort of uh, risk-free loans, risk-free trades uh, that aren't actually risk-free and come with a lot of counterparty risk. Um, and that's why I think the toxicity, while can be uh, a little ill-fitting or ill-becoming, I think it's just important uh, if people actually listen to what those ideas are, uh, it tends to bear fruit to, to stay away from the bad things and go towards the good things. Uh, I respect your, uh, your corporate experience there. I was naive. I was naive to think that certain, I thought, you know, CEOs, especially ones that are getting venture capital money uh, are going to know, are going to know the whole thing. I, th- I thought it was just a basic fundamental uh, knowledge. You need to know how much money you have. You need to know, you need to know your budget. And I was naive. I, I definitely was naive, but. Um, just go raise more. But the, the, the thing is clearly in, in, in your corporate experience, you saw, I wouldn't say similarities, but we're talking on a startup level or on a, uh, 
venture capital funded startup level, clearly it's going to be more prevalent. It's going to be more prevalent. And yes. so you should, I think, I think a reasonable person should think that every single company is, uh, could, could default at any moment. And there's fractional reserve <laughs> ones that are loaning out money that, that it is fractionally reserved, even though if they say there's something behind it. Uh, where does Ethereum get its yield from? You didn't say that. I'll say it out of thin freaking air, baby, because it's the belief that it, it's, it's the belief that Ethereum has value. So they're printing Ethereum out of thin air. Yes. The, so, I mean, but people, people buy into, I mean, the, the desire for yield is so much and uh, the brand Ethereum has built itself a brand. Okay. <laughs> I mean, for God's sakes, Hex is able to pull it off. Richard Hart is able to pull it off. How does Hex get its yield? Uh, out of thin air through Richard Hart, through a, a cult leader. So if they're able to do it on that smaller level, of course, uh, Ethereum will be able, but no, it's, it's a very valid point. Where, where does the, when you're, that Harrington, Harrington, whatever you pronounce his name, where does the yield come from? It's, it's interesting to analyze that. With, with Ethereum, it is, it's being printed out of thin air, just as, a, as, just as Hex is, right? Yeah, it's the same thing. It's just just different level, different level of professionalism. That's all. <laughs> so, you know, you've been around a long time and you have a great quote, Bitcoin always returns to its all-time high. So I ask this the way I am on purpose. Are, are we still in a bull market? No, we're in the bear market. We're definitely in the bear market. I mean, it, it's uh, the Juneteenth crash, whatever you, there was, there was no doubt at that point, I mean, that we've been in a bear market, a bear market. And the only way we're going to get uh, back in the book, I mean, it's part of the cycle. You know, everyone was like, it's going to be different this time. It's not going to be like 2014. It's not going to be like 2018. It's just like it. It's, it's just like, except, well, <laughs> in terms of it being a bear, the timing of the bear market is exactly the same as those two years, exactly the same. But what's different this time is that there's not as, there's not as much panic. The businesses are, not, are, are operating still. I mean, you can still get a job in this space. Events are still going on. It's, it's just so, it's so much more robust. It's so much more ingrained in, uh, relative, in, norm, in normie society. It's just, it's a bear market. Deal with it. It's not just like this existential threat that it was in 2014, definitely, that some people tried to paint it in 2018, which it wasn't. It's just, it's part of it. It's part of the cycle. And the cycle didn't change. It wasn't different this time. The, the having, the four year based around the having cycle seems like it's pretty much set in stone. I would not, you know, I wanted to think it could be different this time. I wanted to think it was, it, it could be different, but it's the same. It's 2022. It's just like 2020. And so, for all you people that say 2026, it'll be, it won't, it'll probably be the same. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just I'm convincing myself. For, but again, what you got to remember is a 210,000 block theory. It take 210,000 blocks ago, fiat wise, it was worth a lot less. You could take any time in the history of Bitcoin and uh, subtract 210,000 and it was worth less. So for the people that are so down that it's 20,000 right now, buy it now. 210,000 blocks, it'll be worth more. And it always return, it is always returned to its all-time high, usually around the same, around the same time in the cycle and everything. But I will say this about the bear, about the bear market. Yeah, there's, there's sentiment out there. A lot of these companies had to clear out. A lot of people transfer their Bitcoin into stable coins. You see stable coin valuations 
It's huge. I mean, they're the biggest, some of the biggest cryptocurrency uh, market caps out there. So there's a lot of money on the sidelines now. Just most people don't treat Bitcoin as a long-term holding device. They try to flip, they try to play. So they're out right now. There, there are a lot of people that are that are into fiat, which is silly, ridiculous, or have their third, their uh, stable coins at third parties, losing them, now suing people to get them back just because Bitcoin started to crash, supposedly. I mean, all sorts of mistakes were made. And these are parts of bear markets. They have to be, you know, those, those aspects have to be cleared out, weeded out, whatever you want to say. But on uh, that Juneteenth weekend, whatever day it was, June 16th, June, I just, it's easy to remember because there was a holiday. Um, you know, we, we, we dropped down, what did, what did it drop down to, 17, uh, 17.5 or something like that? It was, and again, I didn't expect it to go below 20,000. That was a little bit different this time too. But uh, there was all these third parties holding Bitcoin, holding all, I mean, it was, it was pretty explosive. That, that, that was, I mean, it was based around money instead of based around, you know, the fear of a virus, the fear of a war. So simply based around finances, that was the most drastic shift I've seen. Uh, you know, it was, it was the quote unquote worst day that didn't deal with rumors about wars and viruses in the history of Bitcoin, I mean, whatever, you, you, you see it. But it was 17.5 for the bear market to be over week or whatever. We got to get to 36,000. It's got to double. And so until it doubles, I mean, I don't want to freak anybody out, but it, I mean, it could go down there again. It could get a little bit lower, maybe. Even. But but last time around, um, it uh, it cratered. It was about 3,100 in December or November of 2018. And it took about six months. It took till the June for it to get to 6,200. And then that that's that's when... And it never got back. It never went below 3,100 after that, obviously. It was, that is when the true bull market starts, uh, when, when you can double and you know you're not going back down to the, the, the previous low of the, uh, of the cycle because that was, a, that was a low of the cycle. It defined, the cycle is defined at that point. So, yeah, we're in a bear, we're in a bear market. We're in a bear market. Whatever. It's just, it's, that's the way it is. And uh, it's, you know, if you, still, you should have more Bitcoin than you ever did. On Juneteenth, I bought 0.3, okay? You know, Adam Meister rarely buys Bitcoin, uh, really uh, makes a proclamation on Twitter, shows the screenshot of when I do it. The, the time before I did that was March 12th and 13th of 2020 during the virus panic when I bought two Bitcoin for like a combined a little bit over $10,000. So um, it's, I, I'm, that was a rare opportunity right there. It was a very rare opportunity. I mean, there was for, for months and months, people were like, oh, I wish I got, I, I feel bad yeah. now that I didn't buy it at mm -hmm. 20,000 in, in 2017. We'll never get back. Well, we got, we got to December of 2017 uh, briefly uh, here and there during the last few weeks and everything. So you had your opportunity. I took advantage of the opportunity and I already got plenty of darn Bitcoin. Um, it's, it's a rich get richer. I mean, but that's personal responsibility is new counterculture. And this is, and I've said this before, you know, in a year where we're two years, next having a little bit after that, when we're booming, people are going to say, again, you just got lucky. You bought it when it, you bought early, you did this, you did that, you did whatever. And, you know, you're rich, you're, you're, you're rich, you're lucky, you're rich, you're this, you have no talent. Hmm. Let's live in the moment right now. Okay. 
I wasn't lucky, dudes. I bought the stuff just now when the sentiment was the worst freaking ever. Okay. Financial, not based on a virus, not based on a word or anything like that, purely based on financial shenanigans and all this craziness. Everyone is panic stricken. I bought. Okay. That isn't luck. That's using your freaking head. Okay. So the people, and I'm rich already, and I got richer because of it. It ain't luck. And I'm not guilty that I'm getting richer and richer because I'm smart and it's not luck. And I think the sucker MCs out there that love to say when times are good in Bitcoin, that it was lucky they're poor. Okay. And I, I feel nothing. I feel nothing for them at all. And that's, that is pure logic there. That's, that, that's not what the word, word is about anymore. It's, they're victims. They should, you should feel bad for them because they didn't get rich when you got rich. When you got rich, the, the, the poor are getting poorer. The poor are getting poorer under the scenarios that I just talked about because they believe in this magical luck stuff, okay? That's that's their fault, that they believe in this magical luck and they need a, a, a Gnostic leader to tell them what is really true. I mean, that's the world we're living in. People can't think for themselves anymore. They need the Gnostic leader to tell them what's really true, what's really reality, when they should buy, when they should sell, what is what is nice, what is mean, who you feel bad for and everything. You can't think how to, you know, wipe their own toughnesses up anymore. I know how, I mean, you know, build upon that, learn how to wipe your own toughness first, then, you know, learn how to clean yourself, learn how to make your bed, then learn your financial management. People, so yeah, it's just luck. It's ma magic. That's because they believe in magic. Everything's magic. It's Gnostic insanity. But I, I, I'm quite proud of the fact that I, I bought uh, back uh, when everybody was panicking on, in March of 2020. And I, I'm just as proud that I just did it the other day. It's, it's no luck, dude. It's, mm -hmm. it's up there. It's up there in your head, baby. Well, yeah. You know, building off that, one of your quotes is most people have outsourced their thinking because they are in a comfortable freaking dystopia. Escape into the Bitcoin overlay. It might be uncomfortable at first to use your brain, but that is true freedom. That's from our last episode together. So my question to you is, is conviction a skill? Yeah, because it's part of long-term thinking. Conviction involves, involves long-term thinking, you know, sticking with something over the long-term. And most people, uh, I think, uh, default to in impulsivity. And so to be able to hold off on not doing something, to be able to defer gratification is a skill. So that's, it's, conviction is all, is intertwined with all of that stuff. I mean, people have a hard time. They, they see a Hershey bar. They, they, they can't, they don't have the conviction they don't, to, to, to not eat it. They, you know, they don't have the, 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 the deferral of gratification. So I think they, they, go, they go hand, conviction is a skill. Yes, it's is, is definitely, it's is, is part of the, the, uh, the, the, the deferral of gratification skill set. <laughs> you need conviction for that. Right. Yeah, don't be an algorithm slave online or in real life. So uh, my final question to you is, uh, what's up with these physical trading cards to spread the word about, about Bitcoin? Uh, you brought someone into my feed. I'd love to hear a little bit more. Yeah, Aladdin. His name is Aladdin. And uh, he, he got in touch with me. Um, you know, I go to these conferences and everything, and I see that, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, uh, you know, touching grass is good for people. People really like that. Now, again, we live in this beautiful world where everything is virtual, and it's good to have virtual meetings. But I mean, you, you got to still have physical contact with people. And a lot of people can only learn, you know, the digital aspect of, of Bitcoin is too abstract for them. They need something physical. And there are dudes out there that like the trading cards, you know, guys especially grew up with baseball cards and stuff. And, uh, they like that kind of thing. So I've always said in this, in, in the Bitcoin space, 
You don't have to be some technical maestro uh, to succeed, to create your own business. So this guy Aladdin creates a, you know, uh, giving out these, he's a great artist. He believes in spreading the Bitcoin word. He got in early on. He understands about controlling your own private key and just, he understands the importance of Bitcoin education. And that's, uh, you know, some, some people are bigger educators than others. And he took a very creative approach just, you know, to make these, these cards and hopefully it will hope, help educate people. And I think he's got something, I think he's got, he's onto something. And then he, he, he'll, he'll be known, he'll be known one of these, these Bitcoin trading cards are cool. And uh, we should give his, uh, what is his, uh, let, me, let me give you his, uh, his info right here. I got, I got, I got, got to give him a plug. It is uh, on Twitter, 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 he is uh, at FAC4T. All right. And it's uh, the name of his, what is the name of this? Uh, okay, here we go. It's fact. It's fact for, I mean, I don't even know how to pronounce this. It's again, go to FAC4T.com. I just, when I, when I think about it, I just, I'm a trading card guy, trading card guy. Uh, so I think, I think it'd be cool if uh, people earn the physical things uh, to, to check it out. It, it'll be linked to below again, FAC4T.com. Freedom Adoption Cards for Trading. That's what it stands for. Freedom Adoption Cards for Trading. Well, it's a little too complex for me to remember. I'm just a trading card dude. I lied in that. Check them out, man. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. A lot of, so, but again, there is room for Bitcoin in the physical realm and the digital realm and the artistic realm. Um, there's so many different ways. So I give him all the credit in the world for being in motion, for, for contacting me. And I want all the other entrepreneurs out there not to be scared, you know, contact me. I, I love for people to network. I know so many people in the space and other people know so many people in the space and they love to connect people. So if you got a good idea, physical, digital, whatever, it involves Bitcoin, contact me, contact Cedric, contact everybody. Because people are always willing, you know, they might not have time for you, but they'll put you in touch with somebody that does. It's a small world. The Bitcoin world is a small uh, world still in, in certain ways. Uh, of the OGs, at least. And uh, you, you don't have to be an OG to take full advantage of the OGs generosity and, and wisdom. So yeah, there, there's my, there's my, my spiel uh, right, right there. I hope, uh, I hope that's inspiring to the, uh, and you don't need millions of dollars of venture capital funding either. You, you don't, you, it'd be great if you just have a thousand dollar budget, you know, you have a thousand dollars. That's, uh, I'd be happy with you know that if I was running a business. If I knew, I wouldn't be very happy if I was running a business. I didn't know how much money I had. I would feel very. Mm. I'd be worried. I mean, but that's just, that's just my personality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I love a good spiel. Uh, I'd love to hear your advice, maybe to new Bitcoin hodlers. Maybe they're not looking to move and shake. They're not looking to leave their day job, day career, even maybe just yet. They just they're new to hodling. And then, you know, any parting words and where people could find you. All right. The, the hodling thing is very, don't get tempted by yield. Mm -hmm. Remember that you are a hod. If you need a reason, a mathematical reason to be a hodler, some, something, a time limit, you need some type of restrictions. Again, rem remember the 210,000 block theory that this is your four year savings plan. Do not touch it for four years, for 47 months, for 46 months, whatever 210,000 blocks ends up being, you're telling yourself, I bought it at $30,000. Oh my God, it's 20,000. 
I'm going to panic. No, you're not going to panic because it's your four-year savings plan. It's, a two, it's your 210,000 block savings plan. That is your restriction. You've got it. Hopefully, you've got it locked away. If you need to lock it away on your trezor and bury it underground somewhere, I mean, figure that out. But just get it through your mind that holding means four-year savings plan. If you need, if you need clear definitions like that, some people don't. They're just like, yeah, I'm holding long term. You know, when my kid gets to college, blah blah blah. But some people need, they need a really definite time. And then you can start trying to calculate. Well, what what day is it going to be in 2026? You know, have, but what what I would also do is don't check the price every day. If you if you feel yourself your weak hand again, you know, don't get caught up in the Twitter drama. And if you do, remind yourself that's not everything. That doesn't just because some guys that love uh, Solana say that Bitcoin is toxic now and that is going to bring it down because these Bitcoiners are hating on each other. That's not true. Most people don't know about that. So you got to leave the social media cryptocurrency space if you start believing that stuff is true. If you start believing those kind of narratives, those are just purely narratives. They do not, that is not real life. It does not affect, um, you know, Bitcoin does not care. That two two maximalists are cursing at each other. It, it, it doesn't care. It's not a person. It has no emotion. It, it's it's it is not a religion. All right. It's just it's just numbers. So again, just num again. Remember, it's just numbers. So you get that four year number thing in your head. Two hundred ten thousand blocks. That is really a strong holding mechanism for those who start to have weak hands. But and, and know that uh, yeah, I've been doing this a long time, dudes. I've seen ups and downs. I've, I've always, I've seen worse. You haven't seen, live through a cycle too. That's another thing. You know, your class of 2021, wait till 2025. You, because most people I talk to, mm-hmm. they've, once they've lived through a cycle, they do have a, a completely different mentality. But it, so, most people don't make it through the cycle. Know that you're elite too, if you can make it through the cycle holding. If you can make it through those four years, most people cannot do it. They are way too impulsive. They do not have the conviction, long-term thinking skills. Their long-term thinking skill set is horrifying. So just, you know, you want to be elite. Everybody loves being elite. You become truly elite when you make it through that four year. And so keep putting that as as a goal also. So some people are very goal-oriented right there. I want to be elite. Make that be your goal. As for where people can find me on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. That's TechBall, like Technology Baltimore. It's something that I've kept through the years. <laughs> I thought technology should come to Baltimore. Technology doesn't come to Baltimore, dudes. Uh, just a mm-hmm. panic and panic and fear and viciousness, and you know, relying on the government. That's Baltimore. Uh, and if you don't like it, get out, like I did. Or you can complain all day and be a treat. Uh, also, you disruptmeister.com takes you to all my videos. Look up Bitcoin Meister on YouTube. Adam Meister on YouTube. But no, I do tweet every single day. I do, I do tweet every single day and you can always DM me there. Uh, yeah. And if you want consulting services and, you know, if you want hardcore networking uh, consulting type of stuff in terms of like really setting up a plan, how to promote your business. I mean, I, I'll, all sorts of things I'm open to, uh, into, you know, but yeah, the time is money and stuff like that. But, you know, well, you know, little questions here and there, it's fine. I'll joke with them. But hey, <laughs> Pound that like button for people watching this on my channel. Do a super chat. Thanks for all the support, everybody. And uh, th- this has been a, I, I always love talking to you, Cedric. 
Cedric is, is one of the, he, he's a hardcore dude in the space. For those watching my channel that aren't uh, familiar with him, you should know who he is. If you don't know who he is, you're, you're too into fancy sets and graphics and looking at bikini babes instead of, uh, you know, listening to content of smart guys like this. Well, we need to spread the awareness. Uh, I'd love for my audience uh, and your audience to mix and mingle. Uh, Adam Meister, a.k.a. the Bitcoin Meister, a.k.a. the Disrupt Meister, he comes with receipts. I'm looking at here at your pinned tweet. There's a Bitcoin flashback to September 19, 2014. By the way, in 2014, the average price of a new car was $33,000. Adam says that people in 2014, on September 19th, he says, Adam says that people should buy $10,000 worth of $420 Bitcoin instead of buying a $50,000 car. So mind you, today, a new car, average new car is 48000 So we're talking about around $100,000 today of Bitcoin, which would be about five Bitcoin. But those 23.8 Bitcoin today are now, well, in 2021, when you wrote this tweet, were worth over a million dollars. Today, they'd be worth over around over $400,000, right? And that that shows the receipts and, and, and the proof of long-term thinking and conviction. You're not saying it today to people and only saying it with the reference of this could happen in the future, but you've said this before. Yeah. You've lived this before and you've, you've made this proclamation before. Uh, and it's not about human proclamations, in my opinion, but what the Bitcoin protocol and the network does and what it's designed to do. But you have a human receipt of, of calling it and, and putting it to record. Um, it's one of the reasons I started the podcast was when I was talking to friends in real life and family in real life and they were not listening. I, one, I wanted to find people who were interested in what I was and, and, and to have good conversations, but was to have a record of, hey, I was interested in this thing. When I said I was, because, uh, you know, when I was 20 years old and America Online came out or Dell or Microsoft and uh, I didn't buy any. Well, you know, 10 years later, well, I called it. Well, prove it. Well, I can't, uh, you, you, you know. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the, the show in a way uh, is, is proof of me saying this is important technology, but you're coming with this proof of this video from 2014, which I just wanted to call out um, and I think about a lot. So yeah, four hundred twenty dollars Bitcoin. I said it. Buy it then. I mean, now with twenty thousand, that alone shows you how much it's changed. But no, you you watch all my old videos. I I, I haven't strayed from uh, just buy and hold. I know it sounds boring, but but mm. it's been a very valuable. Uh, well, you're not a boring guy, you know. And uh, <laughs> savings technology is very boring. It's one of the things I find very ironic about what what we do as as Bitcoin evangelists or people who want to spread the awareness. But, you know, uh, prior to Bitcoin, I never really wanted to, you know, talk to my friends about financial technology or a great checking account with yield. You know, uh, I, I didn't talk about it at parties about a great APR or something. So it, it is uh, changing my world in very different ways. Why, why I think it's more than just a basic piece of monetary technology, but it, it creates a lot of passion and enthusiasm. Um, but I love the receipts. I love what you've been doing. Um, you know, I was thinking about people to bring back and my wife was like, you got to bring back Adam. Um, she's a big fan. I'm a big fan. And, and, uh, I always love catching up with you. Yeah. Well, it's, it was my pleasure. It's, I love, I love the energy, man. I love it. I love it. Awesome, bro. Thank you so much. Bye everybody. See ya. Thank you. Peace. I'm going to pause.